0: Welcome to Kingdom Insight with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to help you discover treasures and truth from God's Word and also give you deeper insights and understanding of the character and nature of God. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba Charles welcome back
1: to kingdom insight as we continue looking at the book of romans and uh, today we're gonna look at uh, the difference between uh, justification and uh, sanctification Paul laid it all out. He talked about us being uh, justified by faith. And he also talks about sanctification. So we want to look at uh, all these uh, terms and begin to understand what uh, justification means and what sanctification really means. Again, this is Kingdom Insight where we bring you the depth of uh, the study of the Word of God so that we can uh, stand on the Word of God unshakably, understanding the inside of the character and the nature of God so here as we look at the difference between justification and sanctification, the first thing that we need to understand is that um, uh, sanctification and justification are joined together and yet they differ. They are different. Uh, in, in justification, God imputes the righteousness of Christ while in sanctification is the Spirit infuses grace, he infuses grace in us. In justification, sin is pardoned, while in sanctification, sin is uh, subdued. The good news that a person can be put right with God by faith alone can easily lead to the conclusion that such people no longer need to live in obedience to God. Paul is not teaching people to live in disobedience to God's instruction, uh, 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 but uh, uh, believers should not think that God's grace in Christ condones sin. True believers cannot continue living in sin because God has decisively changed the believers uh, in opposition in relationship to sin. So a believer in Christ is no longer a slave to sin, but a slave to God. And when we look at the word slave there, I know that word is um, seen in a very bad context because uh, mankind corrupted that word by making slaves of people. When Paul says I'm a slave or we are slave to God, what Paul is simply saying there is that uh, uh, because if you look at the term of a slave, a slave was sold. A slave could not quit. A slave could not quit doing the work of the master and a slave did everything that the master told him to do actually jesus himself also he he, he said i only do what my what my father in heaven tells me to do or what i hear my, or, or, or my father say meaning i am a slave to my father in a good way so that word is used in a positive way meaning i have abandoned everything that i i, I can do within my own will and desire and i only do what i see my father do that was uh, the term of a slave a slave only did what the master said and that is the depth of our relationship with god we ought to go back to god and save him at that level as if we are slaves slaves to carry the word of god we cannot say anything that is not in the bible we cannot prophesy anything that we did not hear. We cannot declare anything that he did not declare. We only declare what we hear him declare. We only preach what we hear him preach. Because if you see, even the, 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 the apostles of that day, they say that what we've heard, that's what we proclaim. That is what a slave to the gospel or to Jesus Christ ought to live. So believers should not think that God's grace in Christ condones Sin and Paul was making it very clear here. Even though you are justified by faith, you need to be sanctified by the Spirit of God so that you can live in the power of the Holy Spirit. A believer in Christ is no longer a slave to sin, is no longer ruled by by sin, is all is dead to sin is dead to sin. And then uh, Paul, as he shares within uh, those two, you know, different different, uh, sanctification and justification, I just want us to look look at that uh, a little bit there. As he it, it talks about justification, so justification is God imputes the righteousness of Christ while sanctification is a spirit infuses grace into us. We are sanctified by the power of the blood of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit and we are justified by what? By putting our faith in Jesus Christ. So in justification, sin is pardoned, while in sanctification, sin is subdued. What helps us subdue the, the, the desires of the flesh, what helps us subdue, subdue the desires of, for, 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 for bad things is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why you can't live this life of God without the Spirit of God, without the presence of God, and without being in. In the presence of Jesus Christ because when you can have faith and if you don't have the Spirit of God to empower and enable your faith to live for God and to live by the Word of God you're still going to miss it why because of faith without the spirit of the faithful one God himself it is simply what it is simply dead So we got to understand, as Paul is saying, uh, as Paul is trying to share here, uh, uh, he's sharing something that is deep, because uh, they followed the law, but they didn't add uh, the spirit of the living God in them. And then he continues on to say, uh, Dade to the law through the body of the, the body of Christ. So we date to the law through the Spirit of Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 7, verse 1 to 6, he says this do you not know, brothers? For I am speaking to men who know the law. That the law has authority over a man only as long as he lives. So, as Paul is saying, as long as you are living, you are not dead to, the, to, to sin, as long as you are living, your desires for sin, your desires for ungodly things is still kicking and pushing you, you are going to do what? You are going to, the law is going to have what? Authority over you, because the law shows you how far you are falling from God. It's like a mirror. It is Missing the Mac scene makes you miss the Mac. So here he says, for example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Let's look at the context there. What Paul is trying to drive home here is this: he says, um, when you are dead to the law when you are dead to sin you are dead to the laws power of pointing you to sin you are released from its grip because now you are in faith with god so then he continues he says so then if she marries another man while her husband is still alive she is called an adulteress but if our husband dies, she is released from the law and it is not an adulteress, even though she marries another man. So my, my, my brothers, you also died to the law. You are not married to the law. Let not the law even show you the sin because you are no longer operated from uh, the, power, the position of sin, he said. You are dead to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. So, for when we were controlled by the sinful nature, Paul continues, the sinful passion arose by the law, we are at work in our bodies, so that we bore fruit for death. Again, the wages of sin is what? Is death. And then he continues, but now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit, not in the old way of the written code. The point Apostle Paul is making here is that as believers in Christ, we are dead to sin. We die to sin. And then he continues, and we are set free from its power. So we die to the law and are set free from its power. So we no longer are bound by this sin. As freedom from sin leads to serving God and producing fruit pleasing to Him, so freedom from the law leads to serving God in the new way of the Spirit. Look at uh, uh, um, uh, Romans uh, seven ver- seven verse six. Romans seven verse six says this. But now we have been released from the law for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. The point he was making was this. What made these people really a struggle to obey God was because they were not operating from the position of the spirit of God. They wanted to obey God through their works, through their strength. You can't live life. Uh, 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 with God or in God without his uh, presence or without the Spirit of God. That's why Moses was able to point out when God said, you go because he knew the children of Israel were, you know, had sinned before God and God wasn't pleased with them. When God said go, Moses knew God wasn't going to go with them and he said, uh, do not send us until, unless you go with us. What? what uh, what uh, what moses was making a point was that uh, we can't go we can go we can physically go we can set off and start going but we know your presence is not with us what makes a difference is the presence of god in our lives so you can obey the law how much you want but if you don't have the spirit of the living god living in you you will come up short So by having the Spirit of God and acknowledging the grace of God that has saved us, then we begin to do what? To do the will of God. So it is not possessions of the law that counts, but obedience that counts. Israel failed to fulfill the law. Uh, As a result, the law is unable to justify a person. For Jews to be declared righteous, they would need the righteousness of the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ, who became a stumbling block because of the way he died. Paul's message is that the era of the law because of Christ's finished work on the cross has come to an end since Christ is now the end or the fulfillment of the law. So what Paul was saying, what you are trying to achieve now, uh, uh, um, it is now achievable because of what Jesus has done. But again, it became a stumbling block. They could not believe that was the Messiah because of the way he died up on the cross. Let's look at uh, these two terms, under the law and in the flesh. Because uh, you can't serve God if you are under the law, the power of the law. And you can't do the will of God if you are in the flesh, living in the flesh. So to be under the law, according to Paul, means to be in the old era and uh, it, to, to effectively deny that Christ, the end of the law, has come. Now, this does not mean that Paul is saying we've thrown away the 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 law of God it's just saying to be under the law, according to Paul, it means to be in the old era of trying to achieve your righteousness by your works and by your deeds and he was saying that won't work, and then to be in the flesh uh, 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 to be in the flesh simply simply means is simply to live in the world bound by this life and it is and its concerns to make decisions and behave without any regard for God or for the scripture uh, for the spiritual things of God so here you remember Paul is dealing with the Gentiles as well as the Jew the Jews here the Jews would be under the law they wanted to hold on to that law. The Gentiles wanted to live by the flesh. The sin was, they were bound by sin. So he says, uh, uh, if you live in the flesh, if you live in the flesh, it's still not, you don't have the regards for what God has done on the cross. He has redeemed you from that power. So the result of this kind of life are obvious. Sinful passions and and death. If you live under the law, sinful passions will get you because the law will condemn you. If you live uh, in the flesh, your flesh also will cry out for sin. But as Paul insisted again and again in the letter, the law of Moses did not bring freedom from the power of sin and death. It was the grace of God and the mercifulness of God that brought that new regime for us. In the new era, or the new regime, or the New Testament, which Paul talks about, we have died to what once bound us. We have been released from the law that, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit of God, and not in the old way of, uh, of the written card. Paul is not teaching that Christians are no longer responsible to obey a set of commandments. He's not teaching that, as we can see in Uh, Romans 7, verse 7. He says what? Well, then, am am I suggesting that the law of God is uh, sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said you must not covet. So Paul is saying, I'm not saying, oh, uh, uh, the law is still good. But hey, there is something better. What is better is to live by faith, to put your faith in God. Paul, it means, what it meant was, that we are no longer under a specific form of God's law. Animal sacrifice, for example. And not that we are under the law. He did not say, You know, that's what Paul was trying to say there. So Paul teaches that believers are still obligated to obey the commandments of God. We should obey the commandments of God. Uh, Actually, we should even do better uh, uh, obeying the commandments of God. In 1 Corinthians 7 verse 19 says what? He reminds the Corinthians that keeping God's commandments is what matters. But you can't keep God's commandments without the Spirit of God in you without faith in what Jesus has already done so we obey we do what is right we do what the word of god says to do because we now have god in us and that is the difference right there he also paul says that uh, he himself is under christ's law is under the law in uh, first um in a uh, in a uh, in chapter 9 verse 21 what does he say in 1 in First, in First Corinthians chapter 9, um, verse 21, it says, He is also under the law of Christ. After proclaiming throughout Galatians uh, that Christians are no longer under the Mosaic law, Paul warns them not to draw the wrong conclusion. So Paul is not saying we're throwing out the law. God still expects believers to follow His commandments The command of love, Galatians 5 verse 13 to 5, you can see that. To fulfill the law of Christ, Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, you can see that. Just what this law of Christ might be is not clear from Paul's teaching. Some Bible scholars think it consists only in the example of Christ. Others think it's simply the command that we love our neighbors as ourselves like Jesus declared. So death, the law of Moses, and us, what does it mean in Romans chapter 7, verse 7 to 12? To, to most people, when they read Romans, 7 to, uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 7 to 12, they automatically get the impression that the law was itself an evil thing. That's not right. God can't give what was evil. God set these uh, standards or instructions for mankind to live by or to have at least a guideline of relationship with him. But in you, mankind will need a savior better, powerful than the law. Romans 7 verse 7 to 12 reminds us, however, that the law comes from God and bears his own character of goodness, holiness and righteousness. It is important to understand that Paul was dealing with a specific problem. That is why he focused on the negative side of the law, but he never doubted the value of the law as a revelation of God's holiness and character. So Paul was not knocking the law down here. He was dealing with a specific problem of uh, Jewish believers and uh, Gentile believers. Jewish believers trying to convince Gentile believers to follow following these instructions, and that's what Paul was concerned about. Paul, he was not also suggesting that the law cannot be profitable. We may not be under the direct authority of the law anymore, but we must continue to meditate on God's laws god's law which is god's instruction both as a means of beta appreciating just who our god is and what he values and uh, as a means of understanding our own place in the plan that god unfolds in the scripture romans chapter 10 verse 14 we understand christ jesus is the end of the law jesus was the end goal of the instruction that was put if you have jesus you don't have to worry to obey you know um to follow the set of instruction because you have jesus you are obedient to jesus you're living in his character so romans 10 verse 4 it says this for christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes so jesus was the the goal post or the aim of the arrow We have to, now, God says, okay, now I've said Jesus here. You model, like the mind that was in Jesus Christ, let it be in you also. What does Christ is the end of the law for righteousness mean? It just means that Christ is the complete and perfect and finished work of God. In Romans 10 verse 4, It refers to Christ as the end of the law, which is is similar to Paul's statement that believers are no longer under the law. Because what? Because Jesus now is the complete end or the goal of the law. The meaning here is that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law matthew 5 verse 17 tells uh, tells us that just exactly that in the sense that he brought it to completion by obeying perfectly its demands and by fulfilling its types and prophecies christians are no longer under the law since christ has freed us from its power but the law still plays a good role in our lives jesus fulfilled every law, and we are so delighted because of that. In our next segment, we're going to be looking at uh, God's grace. We're going to expand and look at God's grace as we begin now to as we finish off our series. We're gonna finish off our series on the book of Romans by looking at God's grace. What is God's grace? Why is it given? What is its purpose? I want you to join us on Kingdom Inside as we look at uh, God's grace. We've got to understand the grace of God. Listen, people of God, if you Don't understand the grace of God. You can have all all the degrees, you can have all the papers in place and still fail to get what, to get a job that you need. But you when you have the grace of God before you and with you and in you are uh, uh, the grace of God flourishes, oh my goodness, the favor of God rises up in our lives. So I want you to join us in our next segment as we finish off the book of Romans. We were just looking at the context of the book of Romans as we started. Now, I want to I want you to join us again, and we'll be looking at this. God bless you. Shalom. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so very much uh, for watching this program today. I believe this word has uplifted you and uh, also helped you understand the difference between uh, justification and uh, sanctification. Before we end today's program, I want to pray with you. I just want to take some time to pray with you, to believe God with you. Whatever you are desiring God to do in your life, whatever you are believing God to do in your life, I want to stand with you today. I just feel an action in my spirit that today is your day for your breakthrough. Whatever you are believing God, God will answer your prayers. The Bible says that this is the confidence that we have when we call unto Him. He he hears our prayer. He hears our cry and He answers us. Also Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says call unto me in times of trouble and I will answer thee and show thee the greater and mighty things. What is it that you are calling upon God for? What is it that you are desiring? Is it healing? Is it restoration? Is it just a breakthrough? Is it a change, deliverance or financial uh, 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 breakthrough? I want you to know our God is capable and our God is able. Father in the name of Jesus Christ we the leash my sister, my brother, and that family that is watching right now, and that brother that is watching right now, believing you for a miracle, believing you for assistance, believing you for a breakthrough, we release that breakthrough today in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the Word of God, by the authority of the anointing of uh, the sovereign God, by the anointing of the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ, we declare that breakthrough right now over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Your sickness now go in Jesus' name. Your infirmity now go in the mighty name of Jesus. You spirit of poverty, I command you also to live right now in Jesus' name. We pray for open doors, we release you in the name of Jesus. For those uh, for those who are suffering from uh, anxiety as well as uh, depression and stress, we speak the strength of God. We speak the shalom, the presence of God over your life. We speak in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We speak deliverance in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for for your power and for your strength over my sister right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray today. And we declare this by the authority of the finished work of Christ. of of jesus christ on the cross that it is done in jesus name whatever you're desiring from god i declare it is done today whatever you believe in god for i declare it is done by the power of the word of god Thank you, Jesus. No more stressing, no more worrying. Leave it up to God, for our God answers our prayers. I wanna wanna also encourage you to write to us. Let us know how we can pray for you. Let us know how we can stand with you. My wife and I will be standing in the gap for you, declaring the word of God and praying for your situation email us life at and we are definitely going to take our time to pray and to seek the lord on your behalf god bless you until then shalom shalom and let god be your
0: strength forevermore thank you for watching kingdom insight Dr. Kazumba Charles has written some powerful and insightful books that will help you discover treasures and truth of God's Word and also give you a deeper understanding of the unchanging character of God. For a love gift of $20, our office will send you one of the following books written by Dr. Kazumba Charles. The Parables of the Kingdom, Revisiting the Foundations, The Weapon of Forgiveness, or Discovering the Power of God in You. Please go to www.kazumbacharles.org to give your love gift. Your love gift will enable Dr. Kazumba Charles to continue to preach the good news of the kingdom. Thank you for your generosity.